Hi, and welcome back to Back of the Bar Talk podcast. I'm your host, Eric Gregg. I am here with my co-hosts, Anthony Oliva and Brian Eckley, and we are going to talk divisional round football and some conference championship football. Chronologically, you guys think? You think chronological? Yeah, that makes sense. Ravens versus Texans. What about how's I expected? Rookie coach, rookie quarterback, experienced coach, experienced quarterback, number one seed. Like, okay, well, when you put it that way, sure, but like at the same time, you can you can make an argument on the other side, right? The Ravens like have a his like have a recent history of starting off slow in the playoffs and have struggled to to win in the playoffs. And then you have the Texans who, like, who went up against the Browns team that supposedly they were going to obviously lose to and just completely <laughs> destroyed them. And C.J. Stroud has not played, well, right up until that game. Right up until the Ravens game, he had not – I mean, C.J. Stroud still played well, but really I'm thinking yeah. about the Texans in general. Um, like, C.J. Stroud did not play like a rookie quarterback. And the Texans in the first playoff game, like, they – Despite their inexperience, they did not seem like they were phased by the, the the stage at all. In the Ravens game, it did seem that way. Yeah, I don't say that because literally it became a game where defense is going to win this. My offense isn't going to do it. Lamar, we need old Lamar to win this game for us right now. And it really showed how his athleticism was destroying that Texans defensive line, yeah. getting in the yards. Uh, and D'Amico, like, you guys lost, but C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, you guys put up such a great effort for the yeah. first half going to your first year into playoffs. I have nothing but good faith for them later down the road. Oh, same. The Texans are set up for future success, for sure. Like, they will be back plenty of times um, going forward. I, I, that's not what I mean by this at all. But, like, the score did not surprise me. Like, okay, the Ravens won big. All right. Would it have surprised me if the Texans kept it close or won? No. But the Ravens blowing them out didn't surprise me either. Uh, valiant effort in the first half. Defense looked great. It just – eventually Lamar's rushing ability was too much for the Texans' defense. Oh, no. They, it was something they, special. It was yeah, like, they couldn't no. do anything to stop it. Like, Lamar didn't have an amazing passing game. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad passing the ball. He didn't need to be. But – he, he didn't have an amazing passing game. He just – they couldn't contain him. They couldn't stop him. No, they said, do what we drafted you to do. Uh, and right, yeah. literally bailed them out when it came to offense, and I loved it. But Texans are – I think I even saw something where, like, uh, Lamar went up to, to Stroud after the game and said something like, you know, like, you, you'll be back. Like, don't – you know, this this is not you, – you'll be right back here soon. This is not not the end. Um, the second game that day was the 49ers looking not good at all. No, they um, don't look like they belong. Right, uh, in my opinion. If, if a receiver is keeping you from actually using your full offense, then you are in the wrong. Something needs to be changed. It shouldn't come down to one receiver carrying the whole damn team to run plays. Facts. Um. It's, Green Bay it's lost. Really, it, like we've talked before about how important it is for the 49ers to stay healthy, but like that just really demonstrates it because it, we we saw it specifically specifically with Debo Samuel. But right. if 
I think if you take out any one of the three main pieces, Kirsten McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, and Debo Samuel, you take any one of those out, it's just not the same 49ers team. I will stand by, I think you can take Purdy out. Because I think I knew, Purdy showed yeah, I knew, me the other day I knew that he would say that. I knew you would say like that. And I understand. One. I understand why you say that, but I still think that, as much as it is Kyle Shanahan's system, I still think Brock Purdy <laughs> is the best quarterback for that system. He's the best quarterback on that roster for that system. I don't know. Uh, best court, best quarterback for that system. I, I I don't agree with that. I bet if Kirk Cousins is a free agent that Shanahan really starts crying, like maybe I should start Kirk for a year. Like it, it really is just yeah. a plug and play guy. And it I, really uh, just, it's very, very, I love Shanahan because he's got some creative plays. He knows how to put a team together where we put emotions aside, but they are relying too much because Brandon Ayuk is a better receiver. I admit Debo is a better weapon, Yes, but literally it came down where it's like, Hey, everything we had planned for this game is out the window. I don't know how to adjust. That's what it looked like. Yeah. And, I mean, and I don't want to criticize too much because they, they were the winners. But I think that was more because of Green Bay's mistakes than San Francisco's successes. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Fred Warner bailing them out tons in that defensive yeah. game, it would have been over. Well, um, had- Love's first interception i can't remember who's coming across the middle i can't remember who it is it's coming across the middle it's like a third and eight and they're coming across the middle right at the first down line and they're wide open like i'm talking like five yards between them and the the closest defender and love just throws it behind him and he reaches out trying to get it and it tips off his hand and tips into i think greenwall's hands for the interception and it's like if you hit him if you hit him there then he's taking off. I'm not, I don't think he would have scored. I don't think they were in that kind of position, but it's a first down on third and eight. They're San Francisco's not getting the ball at green base 45. And you're taking more and more time off the clock. And I like it just San Francisco did not look good to me. And I, it, it helps me with my, I'm standing by. I think Detroit beats them in the NFC championship game. So here's something, especially with this, if though. Debo doesn't play. Here's something with this. I I admit that Shanahan fucked up that game with a lot of stuff going on, but Lafleur knows Shanahan personally. He knew his playbook in and out. Right. They've worked together. They're part of the same system. This is where it gets me. I don't. I would not be surprised with the Detroit Lions. I've said it in multiple times. I'd rather have Detroit Lions actually win this game. It's more fun. It's a great story, but. You're going up against Shanahan where you don't know anything now. LaFleur is not going to give you a call like, oh, hey, let me show you a blueprint on how to beat the Niners. Like, I I think that they're going to adjust. They're going to take time. And the defense is just way too more powerful than those receivers that Lions have. But, but, but I would love to see that happen. I, I think the Niners didn't deserve to win that game. I do think they win this game against Detroit, though. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with you, but I don't I don't I don't. We're gonna get the picks later. I'm not gonna go into that right now. I'm not gonna go into picks. We're talking game. Um, I I, I didn't think San Francisco looked good. I I'm happy for Green Bay. They look like they're gonna be set up for the future once again, and I'm happy for the Jets. They've got their next quarterback lined up as well from Green Bay. So 
they've got, you know, just everybody's set up for the future <laughs> and, and ready to go. Jets a little bit farther down the line, but everybody's set up. No, but seriously, Green Bay's set up for the future. Good for them. They look like they'll be able to compete. Um, for years. Yeah, for, for years. I mean, they're, they're going to be right back the to young team. Can, yeah, the, they were the youngest in the playoffs, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah, they were the youngest in the playoffs, and it just, uh, you know, it. Good for them. I'm happy for them. I really am. Like I, 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 I think good for them. They're set up for the future. Such 49ers. well-run organization. Yeah, it, it's just you know I'm impressed. Man, what what it must it be like to be a fan of a well-run organization like that? Wouldn't know. Um, not familiar. None of us are actually. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> single person on this podcast is familiar with what a well-run organization looks like. Um, game three, Bucks and Lions was a lot closer than anticipated. What a fun fucking game. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed Sunday's games a lot more than I enjoyed Saturday's games, although Saturday night's game was pretty good. But obviously, all, like three of the four ended up being very close. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It came down to the last second. Um, I think the big thing that we're going to talk about here is the coaching decision at the end. Uh, Brian, I know you have some words on this, so I'll just explain what happened, and then you can go on your little rant about it, uh, which I'm sure some of us will agree with. But for the people that don't understand, there was about 43 seconds left to go in the game. Uh, The Lions uh, need it on third and 12. Um. The Buccaneers had one timeout left. Um, and if they were to take that timeout, the Lions would have had to kick a field goal that was around the 50-yard range. If 47 yard 47, okay. 47-yarder, um, which is makeable but not automatic. Um, and if they would have made it, obviously it would have ended the game. They would have gone up 11 with like 37 seconds left. But if they miss it, it would have still been an eight-point game. Or if game. it was blocked. Yeah, blocked, missed, whatever happens, fumbled, snap, whatever could possibly happen. The Bucks would have gotten the ball back on the Lions, what, 40, 35, 40? It would have been no, not Lions, on good. the Tampa Bay 35, 40, with about 37 seconds left and would have had a chance to potentially tie the game. Todd Bowles elected not to take that timeout. And just let the Lions run the clock out. Brian, go. So when you first, you sent a, a picture of this issue where it shows the one timeout and it shows the amount of time left and the third and 12 and all that. And when you sent that in the chat, I didn't believe it. I just like thought to myself, well, this has to be some Photoshopped photo, some Photoshop picture. Like we, right. like there's so many of those online now. I just thought, assumed that somebody was trying to be an asshole um, to Todd Bowles. And I, cause I, I could not believe that a professional head coach would not call that timeout. So then when I saw it on good morning football, I was like, well, damn, that's just, <laughs> it's not good. And like, it's, there was a good point that was made, like their entire culture, like, first of all, this, the decision not to do that, I think is, is sufficiently bad enough. But what really does it for me is that their entire culture this season was, we're not going to quit. We're just going to keep going, playing to the, to the last, uh, to the last minute, last second. And then here's Todd Bowles going completely against that culture. 
as I've I've been a a fan of Todd Bowles for a long time. I thought he was he was like screwed in in New York because it was the fucking New York Jets. Right. Um, I wanted to believe that he could be a good head coach, and you know it's maybe he can learn from this situation, but he's defended the decision since then. He's yeah, basically said, like, yeah, he's like basically that's... said, like, well, the game was over. It wouldn't have mattered. What do you mean it wouldn't have mattered? Yeah. You're down one score. Right. You get up on your team. Yeah. You, like you said, it could get blocked. They could fumble the snap. They could just miss it. Like the game is not over. Yes. It is over if they make the field goal, but there is never a guarantee. What did, what did Bass miss? A 41? Something like yeah, that, we'll yeah. That a second, but like, it, like it, forty-seven is not a guaranteed make. You do not know what is going to happen. It it, it baffled me. It it was a dumb decision. It's dumb that he's defended it. Um, and I'd be pissed if I was in the locker room and I heard him defend it. Um, what's worse is they can't even run it back. Oh yeah, they're not. They got that half that team's leaving yeah like it, like literally none of the every though everyone in the locker room was like well we can't do this again next year like it, it was nice knowing you um and then like not not just the field goal aspect of it but the lions could have potentially opted to punt and say okay instead of risking missing and giving them the ball on the 40 yeah and you know setting that we could punt and try and pin them deep well, that even sets up more of a possibility of a bad snap or you could block it or you return the punt for a touchdown. Like there's we even just return like, it for like a long return. And yeah, you up. Like, for a Hail Mary or a couple of Hail Marys. And like, and like the, big, the big thing here is just that if you call the timeout, you're forcing Dan Campbell to make a, make a decision. Yes, he has and, to choose. Field goal, punt, what are you doing? Going for it. Yeah, going for it. Yeah, and it's a Dan Campbell thing to do. Might have been going for it. (laughs) But you force him to try and do something. If he goes for it, you strip sack. You get an interception, something that changes the game. And Todd Bowles just said, nah, I don't want to – I don't think any of that's possible. Let's just call it. He's like, it's cold. Yeah, like I'm ready to – it's cold. It's inside. Um, we're not going to get into that. We're from Florida, where this is fucking Detroit. We're not doing this. <laughs> I just, I'm ready to go home. Um, it, it it just it was it was bad. Um, we're gonna uh, I'm gonna give a comparison in a second, but we haven't gotten to it yet. I, I don't know that it was the dumbest call of the weekend, or or non call. However, you want to look at it. Well, yeah. we'll, no, that wasn't the dumbest call this weekend. Or we are, are we thinking about the same play? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, but we, um, you know, I just, I, it baffled me. It, it, it didn't cost them the game, surely. Like, I'm not going to say it cost them the game, but it cost them a chance to, to win the game. And it might have cost him the locker room. Like, because you're saying there, like, I don't know what might happen, but I don't trust that my team's going to do anything with it anyway. So why bother? Exactly. And that's that. I just I don't think you can I don't think you can do a locker room that way. So 
our last game was what I believe was the best game of the weekend. I thought it would be the best game going into the weekend, and I was proven right. Y'all were proven right. You both agreed with me last week. I'm pretty sure most of America was proven right. It was the best game of the weekend. Chiefs and Bills. Chiefs out on top. Again, no surprise to me because I knew they'd do it. Um, You bitch. We literally <laughs> just talked about this. Some of us said that the Chiefs were starting to click and that their offense would look good and they were getting it together, and some of us chose the Bills to win this game, but that's not the point um i told i told i don't know if anybody else you picked so well that hardman was literally just on par with the team i um i don't know if anybody that's listening to that will listen to this also has ever watched undisputed or shannon sharp but i told anthony after the game that if if i had one and we did video for this that i'd be coming in with my goat mask on with a patrick mahomes picture just for this episode of the podcast just because I was right that I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid when it gets into the playoffs. Okay. I'm not going to do it. For anyone listening, the Eric right now is not the Eric that was actually talking smart football before. He's he's kind of on a win, so I'll let him him climb. This is egotistical. I just picked a game right. Yes. I'm smarter than everybody, Eric. (laughs) Uh, Eric Eric knows smart football, but – he is climbing right now, so we're going to let him do uh, that. Climbing on that fact that I got this one right and y'all didn't think the Chiefs were going to be any good. <laughs> I'm also fabricating exactly how they downplayed the Chiefs. They both said this would be close. Um, <laughs> neither one of them said the Chiefs were bad, but that's not the point. The point is they both picked the Bills, and they were both wrong, and I was right, and the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game, and I'm picking them okay, to win we're it. I'm letting Eric climb now. Um <laughs> Basically, basically this game, it, it, it was probably the most fun game I've seen. Yeah, and it was literally a, a competition between awesome quarterbacks going at it. I also would have been fine if the Bills won. Like, I but would not. Would holy shit. Say. The amount of stupidity on that field. And I understand, like, a lot of emotions going into that game. But, oh, my God. The refs pissed me off a ton of this game. We go to the rest in a second. The dumbest thing this weekend was Sean McDermott doing the fake punt with Demar Hamlin on fourth and five. That one was on their own thirty. Or, or how about this? How about this? Don Kincaid is leading the team by himself, three to four yards every time he gets the ball. They just have to nudge their way to get first. What they they do is so deep. Uh, Oh my god! It's like they wanted a replica of the the thirteen second game where they were just throwing deep to Gabe Davis and they were hitting those touchdowns. And then we're like, let's just hit a big touchdown and do it that way. Like they would have, like if they would have done the chunk plays like Diggs, who I'm going to criticize here saying, but on that last, maybe it was the last player, the second to last play. I can't remember before the field goal was wide open, like seven yards down the field, cutting across, cutting across and Allen threw it deep and, and missed. And it's like, if you hit Diggs on that, he's getting probably 10 or 15 yards out of it making that, what, a 25-yard field goal instead of a 41-yard field goal? And and like and, and criticizing Diggs, he dropped that huge pass earlier on in the game. That would have been a huge difference maker right through his hands. So bad. And but, he had the nerve to be like, you were this close. Like, shut up. Like, lots gonna, of mistakes by go, the Bills. I'm going to go back to something I said after the Bills lost to the Jets in week one. Um. They 
I don't, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm never going to make game manager an insult ever again. And I don't think anybody ever should make game manager an insult ever again, because Josh Allen has the talent to be the guy, but he cannot be the guy because he doesn't know how to manage a fucking game. You're right. Hey, like we, the case in point, the deep throws to the end zone. Like it just, and I, I thought Josh Allen played great. I love Josh Allen. I think he's a great quarterback. I'd certainly want him on my team, as would any of the three of us, I believe. Certainly would take him as the quarterback. But I think he tries. I think he also tries to play hero ball a lot. He wants that big play. He got greedy. He saw statistics. He's like, I see touchdowns. I see money. I'm going to go get it. When it's like, hold on. There is still like a minute and a half left on that clock. Don't give Mahomes more than seven seconds. Right. I mean, you get like um, case in point two years ago, they gave him 13 and they lost the game. Like it doesn't take that long. And that's why I, I said earlier, I'm not like Bass missed the kick. It's obviously a big deal. It kept it from being tied, but there was a minute and 40 seconds of the clock and the chiefs had two timeouts. They were getting into field goal range. Tyler Bass missing that cost them the chance to be tied. I do not believe it cost them the game. I believe the Chiefs get into field goal range with the way their offense have been playing as long as they don't put Hardman out there. And they would have gotten there with Kelsey and Rice and even Valdez Scantling was catching passes. And Pacheco would have been fine to have there, especially where they can use the run game with the two timeouts. They were getting into field goal range and kicking a field goal at the end of that game. But Maybe Andy Reid channels his inner Todd Bowles and doesn't try. <laughs> but I don't blame Tyler Bass for that loss. It sucks that he missed it, yeah. but he's not the reason they lost the game. Well, neither do the Bills players. They they literally no, said the fans have to do. that position. Right. Um, I remember some time ago, I think it was Ray Lewis, after they didn't make the Super Bowl because of a missed field goal. Billy Cundiff. Yeah, Billy Cundiff, the yeah. kicker. Ray Lewis said he doesn't blame Billy Cundiff because you can't you you win as a team and you lose it lose as a team. He was just like maybe I missed the maybe I missed the tackle right. I should have made. It's like there's the, there's all sorts of things that you could point to. the The fact that I think the fact that the kicker stands out to us is just because that's a that's a, a play that can put points on the board, and it's one where. You know, it, it's just, it's a very simple play. You know, you're just waiting to see, does he make the kick? Does he make the, does he not make it? Right. It stands out to us, but it's not fair to blame it all on the kicker. No, shame on the fucking fans. Yeah. Oh, Agreed. man. Um, he doesn't deserve that for what happened. Um, but it was a great game. I loved it. I had fun. Like I said, I'm, ra- I'm bragging because the Chiefs won and I, I hyped him up. But I would have been perfectly content if the Bills won. Like I've got nothing against the Bills. I have I have fun with them. I, I think it would have been fun to see them make it. But I was I would do root for the Chiefs. I do I do love Mahomes, so I'm fine seeing him go long, as long as he can. I shared that photo earlier that I just think is nuts, and he won't. And I don't think he will even if they win both of the games. Even if he does go on to be Super Bowl champion, but if he was to throw eight more touchdowns this this postseason that he would already be second all-time in postseason touchdowns is absolutely wild. Like, just, I, I can't wrap my head around that. Like, he, 
six, he's six seasons in, and he would already be second. And that's just crazy to me. Well, it helps that he gets so many playoff games every year. This is the sixth well, yes. year. This is the sixth year in a row that they're going to the AFC Championship game. I mean, not to change that doesn't take anything away. No, from I was about to say uh... that's because <laughs> he's winning them. Like, I mean, he's the re- yeah, he's, yeah. he's part of really, the reason. I'm, really, I'm adding to your point. I know yeah. it didn't sound that way with my no, team, but you're but... right. Like, he's he's helped himself in that situation because he keeps winning. He's not having early playoff exits. Um, and the person in first place, Tom Brady, who's far ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes will need years of success to catch that Tom Brady record in first place. But that's because Tom Brady didn't have early playoff exits. Yeah. He constantly made AFC championship games and Super Bowls. And so he was able to get those numbers up. Mahomes the is Tom, the same the thing. The Tom Brady Patriots are the only team with a longer streak going to the AFC championship. Do we think it's realistic to think that the Chiefs break that? It's realistic. Yeah, I think so at this point. I think it's realistic to say they could do nine. With how well, yeah, their great talent of money spent on receivers. Fuck yeah. I definitely agree. Like, even if they started getting some good receivers who are actually worth a damn, like it's gonna be scary because Mahomes is now I've always believed in Mahomes as you know the goat. He's gonna be the one to break it all. But man, him having to defy the odds saying I'm gonna put the team on my back with the receivers who do nothing but drop right now. Oh my gosh. It, it's amazing to see. And a lot of people it, shut it up. Has, it has been a very goat like performance right. for him in well, these playoffs. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but the thing that like somebody said the other day that I was like, holy shit, I didn't even think about it that way is in what we all perceived as a down year for the Chiefs, they made the AFC championship game. And that, like, that's the bare minimum. They might make the Super Bowl. Like, in a down, in what we perceived as a down year for Kansas City was the AFC Championship game, which is wild. Oh, they had a down year. They are one win away from the Super Bowl. It's um, a hard win, but it's achievable. Yeah, and, like, it's achievable. Like, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl is still achievable for them. Like, I would not rule them out from it. So it's wild to me that they've had such a struggling year and yet here they are. And it, it speaks to that Mahomes when, when you're great, when you are making that argument that you're going to overtake that goat status, you win, you win in this scenario, even when it doesn't look like you're supposed to win, you make it even when you're not supposed to make it. And that's what he's doing. All of that. Yes. Let's also give some love to the defense though. Defense has been great this year. Uh, I would argue it's been Mahomes' best defense since he took over. Without a doubt. Um, and that's why, again, not this is not me going into that that mode, but it's another reason why I felt if this offense does start to click, they're probably going to win the Super Bowl because now they've got the defense that's going to shut everybody else down. And the offense is starting to put up points. And, and again, the offense clicked against Buffalo, who has a pretty solid defense. Um, if it continues to click like that, I could see that going forward. Speaking of which, let's make game picks for the AFC championship games. The AFC-NFC championship games. Uh, NFC is first. 
it plays at no it's not afc is first it plays at three o'clock on sunday chiefs ravens who are y'all picking i'm going oh shit man i'm gonna go chiefs because even with them like with them bouncing back on that offense it looked a lot better than with the ravens who should have had the game against texans take time to get their groove and you can't let the chiefs get that much momentum on top of you before half uh yeah i think chiefs andy reed just starts pulling a playbook really really good and wins this game due to coaching Brian, yeah i'm convinced uh, oh, i i think i now i think this is going to be a really exciting afc championship game. oh yeah for sure i'm very excited for this game and I, I just love the the matchup of it, right? It's a matchup that I don't think anybody expected. You know, at the, at the, beginning, the beginning of the year, no. at the beginning of the season, of course, we were thinking, well, the top three are going to be Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. Right? Yeah. They, it's impressive how far the Ravens have gone, uh, how much they've improved. They it was a, a I think a statement win for them against the Texans. Maybe it shouldn't be. But, you know, we 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 all know the, the storylines of, well, they can't win in the playoffs sort of thing. Right. And they, they had a very decisive win against the Texans, um, at least in the end of it. We've we talked about the, right, it was close the fight the Texans put up in the first half and everything. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm picking the Chiefs. <laughs> I agree. I'm the same way. I'm picking the Chiefs. Um, but I mean, we all three did. But I don't think any one of us would be surprised if the Ravens won this football game. I, I would be happy if the Ravens won. I'm not saying Obviously that I would. would. No, I well, no, because I'm a Raider fan, but I can admit Mahomes is my goat from what I've seen of football right. since I started watching. Um but again, I just like I just think overall, like it's it's going to be a very like really, really fun game. So the second game obviously is um Lions and 49ers, and I'm sticking with my Lions pick. I picked them last week uh, when we did like our all the way through kind of pick, and I'm picking them this week. I think the Lions beat the 49ers. I'm not mad at that. I'm going to go Niners. I feel like Shanahan is facing not Sean McVay, not Matt LaFleur, someone that understands how he plays. I think that it's might be a little different story. And I think Debo does play, which is ridiculous that it has to come down to him. Yeah, that makes a difference as well. Obviously, um, I, I saw reports today that they're not sure he's going to. And so I'm sticking with the Lions on my pick. I'm going with the Lions here, too. Um, but I'm actually my, my bigger point is that even if Debo Samuel um, does play, I I really like the argument that you made last week. Eric about they have the second best uh, run defense uh, second only to the Baltimore Ravens. And it was that run defense of the Ravens that took Christian McCaffrey out of, out of play. And I think, I think that's a really significant thing. I also just think that Anthony, your point about the the coaching, it makes sense to me, but I, I think that's, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to underestimate Dan Campbell anymore. So that, oh, that, that's no. one that's one thing and I also think 
Jared Goff, he has experience with the playoffs. He has experience with big moments like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Lions. All right, Jared Goff actually scared me the last couple of games. He didn't look like he was I don't know, he looked scared for this one. Um last thing that we'll talk about and it's it's new because it was there i just was on my phone a second ago and i saw a report from mike florio oh, uh, God. take it with a grain of salt although apparently he's not the first person according to the report they didn't say who else was in it but according to the report he's not the first person who said this but obviously we know pete carroll um took on the advisor role at Seattle when they went away from him being the head coach. But apparently there are reports that that wasn't fully Carol's decision and that he's not completely wanting to be done with coaching. Oh, wow. And that he is somewhat, uh, the reports are, is that he is pushing for the chargers job. No shit. And I, again, take that with a grain of salt. That's just the report that I read. I don't know exactly how much truth there is to any of it. But that is the report that I saw is that he is not – the reports are is that he's not fully okay with being done as a head coach and is pushing to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So I thought it was weird. You know, like I, I was happy for him because I thought maybe he wanted that. So he's like, before I leave, I'm going to set this team up for success, which it looks like it is. The report right. – quarterback away from just looking like a goddamn dog you know but the fact that if the seahawks wanted him out after he just gave away wilson rebuilt the team and they did this to him is disgusting yeah i was surprised by it um so no i would not be i would not be surprised at all if he's pushing for another job um and the chargers would be one that would can you not go to the chargers though i I need help (laughs) <laughs> Listen, buddy, it's gonna be him or Harbaugh, so you might as well just get on board. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, send Pete over. You'd rather it be Pete than Harbaugh? Oh yeah, man, really? Um, I think Harbaugh is gonna make a great NFL coach. So uh, do I. Yeah, but I like. A... <laughs> I think Pete likes the way that his team is set up, and he will literally gut the team before it starts getting good. And if he needs to do that, please go do that. Got it. Got him. Get rid of him. We'll take the window. Fire off. If I can get a two a two year window, I will be okay. <laughs> um, but you know we'll see uh, if that pans out. If Pete does not, if he wants to keep coaching and the Chargers decide to stick with, um, Jim Harbaugh, yeah, Jim Jim Harbaugh, they are perfect. Pete is perfectly fine to come to Atlanta. He would be welcome. Uh, with open arms. So that just, if Pete Carroll, if you happen to listen to this in your spare time, <laughs> you are, you are welcome in Atlanta. Nobody would be upset about it. Just so you know, just to clarify. Um, other than that, uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Um, if you're a fan of one of the teams playing, relish it. Cause you never know when that's not going to get back around to be in the case. Um, and we will be back next week to, talk about them and get ready for the Super Bowl.